Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Happy Friday, my friend. And we are right at the end of the week here. Yes, in fact, uh, I, I believe this uh, show drops on March 3. 23, 2023. March 3rd. That is a very special day, my friend. Why is that a special day, my friend? Well, because I need to give a shout out and say happy birthday, Marita. That is. Happy yes. birthday, Marita. Happy birthday, Marita. Yes. And, uh, and then I also need to tell her that she needs to go and listen to this particular episode. <laughs> she will not be disappointed because she has heard... Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Marita. Yep, yep. So it's from, good to, from your good friends it's at a Text big Talk. Day. And so this is the PSA for everyone out there who is married to Marita. They need to remember that today <laughs> is her birthday. And they probably shouldn't be out of town today, but should be at home because it's her probably birthday. Probably should be at home with some a really great present. <laughs> Something. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Instead, I'll be flying back tonight. <laughs> So, sorry, dear, but happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. So Psalm 79. Let's let's get to that. Psalm 79. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible today, the 1995. And this is Psalm 79, a psalm of Asaph. Oh God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the dead bodies of your servants for food to the birds of the heavens, the flesh of your godly ones to the beasts of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water round about Jerusalem, and there was no one to bury them. We have become a reproach to our neighbors, a scoffing and derision to those around us. How long, O Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath upon the nations which do not know you, and upon the kingdoms which do not call upon your name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his habitation." Do not remember the iniquities of our forefathers against us. Let your compassion come quickly to meet us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Let there be known among the nations in our sight vengeance for the blood of your servants which has been shed. Let the groaning of the prisoner come before you. According to the greatness of your power, preserve those who are doomed to die. And return to our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom, the reproach with which they have reproached you, O Lord. So we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. To all generations we will tell of your praise. I know what we like to do here on uh, Text Talk on Fridays. Is yes. Find Jesus in the Psalms. Absolutely. And a good day or, or a good Friday. It's always a good Friday on Text Talk. Is Thank that what you're you. trying to That's say? That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I need to get that printed on a mug, and then that way I, I won't get it mixed up. <laughs> always a good Friday on Text Talk. Yeah, always a good Friday on Text Talk. Finding Jesus. So, look, I get it. This is not a messianic psalm. No, this one was called a lament. Yeah, it's a dirge. Mm -hmm. Mm, I loved that one when we learned that the other day. And I think this is one of those where, yeah, this is a little bit harder to say we've got some prophetic or some forward-looking thing. But there is there's a little something in this psalm that I think once I know Jesus, I look back and, and I'm, I'm learning about Jesus 
uh, when I when I piece it together with his life. I, I am too. You know, one of the things I'm learning, I, I see uh, in this psalm a perspective on the suffering for sin. You know, when, when we are taught that the the wages of sin is death and what sin rightly incurs. And I lay that over and against the cross and uh, everything in his sacrifice. Uh, I see echoes. Um, he talks about uh, in verse 4, uh, as the judgment has come upon uh, Judah, we have become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to those who are around us. And I think about how part of the uh, crucifixion process was how he was scorned, mm-hmm. right? And how he was reproached and how he was mocked. And even at the cross, the the mockings that were upon him. Yeah. And this is part of this judgment and wrath being poured out against sin. Um, likewise, I mean, even that expression, pouring out wrath, the psalmist is calling out uh, for the the sinners in these other kingdoms to receive that kind of retribution from God. In verse six, pour out your wrath on the nations that do not know you. Uh, but it was wrath that was poured out upon Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the wonderful thing about the cross of Christ and about his sacrifice was that he might suffer this wrath of God for the sinners mm-hmm. to bring forgiveness and to invite, in fact, all of the nations, not to come have the judgment of God, but to come have the mercy of God and to come into covenant with God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I see some of that kind of imagery going in here that reminds me of what Jesus has done mm-hmm. uh, at the cross. So I'll just bring up the low-hanging fruit here in this psalm when trying to find Jesus in it, and that is verse 9. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and atone for our sins. New American Standard, it said, forgive our sins for your name's sake. And it is obvious. If we're going to talk about atonement, Mm -hmm. once I get to Jesus and I see what Jesus did, I, I realize, oh, all right, verse 9 here is really not talking about let's get us out of Babylon and get us to Jerusalem. And that's especially the case when I start looking at Haggai, Zechariah, Ezra, and Nehemiah. And I do see the return. Yeah. But even when they rebuild the temple, it's not the glory of the original it temple. Is I mean, not. it's just yeah, you know, anyone who is looking for the promises that were given to Israel about we're going to I'm going to send you into judgment, but I'm going to bring you back. When, when we see what happens, there's got to be, for all of us, this part that says, well, this just doesn't, man, this just doesn't seem like the, the ultimate fulfillment of whatever God said was going to happen when they came well, back. Yeah, and to that, it was a, it was a remnant that returned, yeah. and the re- restructuring or reconstruction of the temple talked about when they laid the foundation of it, the people were crying because it, it wasn't what it was before. Yeah. You, know, you don't have an account of the Shekinah glory <laughs> filling it again no. like you did the first time. No. Things are different. Things are different, and it was always a remnant. And, and even by the time we get to the New Testament, after what we often call those 400 years of silence, however you want to... Uh, describe that, uh, it's it's not the same. I mean, you've got Judea and Galilee, and in the middle there's Samaria, and there's subject nations, and you know yeah. it's not the 12 tribes on their inheritance it's and the not. nation of Israel having its place of, of prominence in that part. I mean, it's Rome. Rome owns it. It's mm-hmm. Rome's land. They're just letting these Jewish people continue to live on it. And so, so we're left with that. So when I hear about the atonement in verse 9, and then I start watching what actually happened with the return, there's always this sense of, I don't, 
I don't know that God's actually pulled that atonement off yet until we get to Jesus. Mm. And then when we see what Jesus does and we learn what God has done to atone and realize that's actually for all nations, tying in the promise to Abraham, yeah. uh, all of a sudden now we're seeing, oh, there's the atonement. And and even even when I think about what atoning he did that allowed them to come back from their captivity, I'm, I'm left asking the question, well, how did he atone for it? Mm-hmm. The temple's not even there. There's no sacrifices going on. Here are people in captivity begging for God to atone. And that's the same word we see all throughout Leviticus as it's uh, talking about offering sacrifices yeah. to atone, offering sacrifices to atone. And here they say, atone, atone for our sins. You know, don't, don't utterly destroy us. Atone us and turn your anger to these nations that don't know you that aren't calling on sure, you. Sure, sure. What did what was done to atone for the sins? Well, I mean, nothing. If I just look here, yeah. God just let him go back. Now, I know they started sacrifices again, but that's that should point me to, well, what does provide the atonement? Yeah. And when I look at the entire Bible picture, Old mm-hmm. and New Testament, well, I know what provided the atonement. It's the same thing that always provided atonement. Jesus the blood of Jesus Christ, because the blood of bulls and goats actually cannot cleanse. Can't take away And actually sin. can't provide atonement. Mm-hmm. And so every sin that has ever been atoned before God has actually been atoned by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so here is this prayer, atone for our sins. Mm. And we just need to understand, even though, again, this is not one of those verses where People in Israel, or even as we look at it, say, oh, oh, we're, 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 we're looking, this is a predictive prophecy. We're looking for this event so we know who's the side. That's not what's going on here. But when I see the full biblical picture, I understand, well, actually, this was accomplished not when Cyrus said, y'all can go home. Mm-hmm. This was accomplished when Jesus went to the cross and died and was buried and resurrected on the third day. That's when the atonement happened. Amen. So. And the people that he has atoned are the sheep of his pasture we were prisoners who were groaning mm-hmm. and yeah. now we can praise and give and thanks now we can praise and we do that forever and ever to all generations yeah. we were people specially made to do that according mm-hmm. to first peter chapter two yes 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 let me see if i can take this maybe a step deeper now this is this is looking at the psalm not just in itself but in the in the context of the psalms being placed together mm-hmm. i recall that at the end of psalm 78 where god has shepherded his people is up to david he has chosen david right now we recognized in the psalm that it had to have actually been written well after david was dead because the sanctuary has been built right so we're at the very least in solomon's reign maybe even later than that I, and i i made a case that i think even that it's actually probably psalm 78 written after the destruction of israel but before the judgment on Judah, Judah during that during that period of time, mm-hmm. I think that's probably when it was written. But but as we're walking through this Asaph cycle of the story of God's people, we've got God shepherding them through Moses and Aaron, then up to David. Yeah. And there's the reminder of the the covenant, the Davidic covenant, that I'm always going to set somebody on the throne. But then we get into this psalm where the throne's gone. The the temple is gone. gone yeah. Jerusalem is gone. The city is gone, and we're left with this question. And and how does it start? This whole picture of all of it being taken away starts with this: Oh God, the nations have come into your inheritance. And three times this issue, well, actually four times, but twice in one of the verses, the nations come up. In verse 6, pour out your anger on the nations. And then in verse 10, why should the nations say, and at the end of it, that your vengeance would be known among the nations? So the word's four times, but it's in three different verses. I've got a marginal note here that nations could also be Gentiles. Yeah, the Gentiles. Every time, the Gentiles. But yeah. 
you know, in the context of the Psalms, I'm remembering what we said, what, 500 episodes ago? <laughs> I don't know how many episodes ago now. But when we got into the Psalms, we said, you know, I don't always know why God chose this Psalm there, but I think I know why the first two are there. Mm-hmm. Because the first two introduce us to just about everything about the Psalms. And so I, I hear this one that begins, why, you know, the nations have done raged. this. And I remember Psalm 2. Mm-hmm. And here's how it begins. Why do the nations range and the people, excuse me, rage, me say yeah. it properly. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? Mm-hmm. And then that whole Psalm is about the king, David, right. and his son and his descendant, that's the Messiah. And so when I get to the nations have done this, I remember something. Oh, Yeah. When the nations plot and plan, it's actually all in vain. Why? Because God actually has set his king on his holy hill, and God has a plan. And what these nations need to do is to kiss the sun, to submit to the sun. Otherwise, they're going to get judged. And so this, this thing in Psalm 79 where it's the nations have done this, the nations have done this, the nations have done this, in the context of the Psalter, well, everything they've done, even though it looks like they've accomplished something, it's actually all in vain. Mm-hmm. It's all in vain. Yeah. Why? Because there's a king that God has set on his holy hill, and they better submit to him. Yeah. And, and this psalm, again, 78 led up to that yeah. and then gives us this psalm. Well, I appreciate that so much, too, because these are people who, in the midst of a devastation, are still trusting in God and calling him that he is the king in control yes. even then. Yeah. We're so glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. If you're in the Tampa Bay area this weekend, please come out and join us for worship at Livingston. We're meeting at 10 a.m. You'll need the address, directions, any other information, and you will find that at our website, www.christiansmeethere.org. Let's have a prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, that we might come to you in prayer in the good times and in the bad and trust that you hear your people. We want to pray, Father, for your glory and for your will to be done in all things. We are mindful, Father, that we do fall short and we sin. We bring shame to ourselves in these things. We need atonement. We need forgiveness. We need to be restored to you, and you have made provision for that through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our King, who redeems us, who forgives us by grace and mercy. And we pray we might walk in that faith and do our best to praise you, to pass on your goodness and your great deeds to all future generations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.